Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest, for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. Uh, Today, uh, as many of you have been joining in for the week, this is installment number three this week um, in our 10th anniversary week uh, for this radio show and broadcast and uh, podcast. And I'm delighted, as usual, um, to have a conversation uh, with a very special guest. And I um, you know, it's been a great week thus far, and as I said, this today is no exception. The great um, uh, conversations that we have planned. Um, earlier this week, we had um, Alina Adams, who talked a bit about uh, when grades and test scores don't match. Um, yesterday, we did a, a forum on Black Men Don't Cry. Um, today, we're going to talk with a professor about uh, why uh, leaders lie. Uh, tomorrow, we have a panel of current school leaders uh, who are going to talk about post-pandemic, or as we emerge from the pandemic, uh, what's changed in school leadership. And then finally, on Friday, uh, we're going to have an open forum on education leadership where we're going to be live from New York City on the campus of uh, Teachers College, Columbia University, but we're also going to simulcast through YouTube Live. Uh, So we'll be here, and if you want to see us live, you'll be able to join in uh, by YouTube. Uh, Today we have um, a best-selling author and journalist, a historian professor um, with us today who's going to talk to us a little bit about his research Uh, He's written some books, but he is um, a a columnist and and a contributing writer and uh, um, to the American Prospect. He writes uh, writes a a weekly newsletter. He's been a media fellow at the Hoover Institute at Stanford, and the accolades go on and on and on. And so I'm I'm excited to have a conversation today uh, with Eric Altman. Welcome, Eric. Eric, are you there? Can you hear me? Looks like we're having some technical difficulty. Um, Eric, if you are able to hear me, I, I see you on the switchboard. You might uh, hang up and uh, dial back in, um, and I'll, I will um, connect you. We'll try this again. Um, and while we're, we're waiting on that to happen, um, I am. There we go. So while we're waiting on Eric to call back in, um, you know, uh, I'll say a, a little bit about um, why I'm, I'm you know, I've, I've invited Eric to be on today's show. Um, you know, I spent some time um, watching the news. Oh, here we go. Let's see if we have him now. Do you have me now? There we go, Eric. Yep. Uh, pleasure to have you. Welcome to Perkins Platform. Thank you. 
Glad to have you here. I was just about to uh, say a few words about, um, you know, when when I read a few of your your articles, you know, and um, a little bit about your work, um, you know, the reason I invited you on, I tell you, was it was it started out in a moment of frustration because I was watching the news and I I saw on the news where. Um, current President Biden had um, had made some statements, and um, they did a fact check, and they talked about um, you know the, you know the number of times it was untrue. And I I just said to myself like why would you? It's too easy to check it out. Why is it that you would? Um, make false statements. Um, and I know there are a lot of people that are behind the scenes with a lot of these people who are, are politicians, but all, national and international leaders um, tell untruths and just sometimes just flat out lie. Um, and so I want the work that you've been doing, um, and then I'd love to hear about your book that you wrote, um, Lying in State. So um, tell me a little bit about um, about the work that you do and how you came to write about why leaders lie. Well, um, I've had a, I've had like a few simultaneous careers. I'm I'm 62 years old, so I've been doing this for now almost I guess 40 years, um, both in journalism, in academia, and in think tanks. And I've had a few specialties that I've focused on mostly uh, media criticism, but uh, I'm a historian. I have a PhD in American history, and my doctoral dissertation uh, was about presidential lying. It it was my first book on presidential lying. It Mm -hmm. came out in, um, I think, 2004 or so, and that was called When Presidents Lie, and that was a study of four presidential lies and the effects they had on the country and the world that they were very consequential lies by four different presidents, three Democrats and one, two Democrats and two Republicans. Um, and I followed the consequences of those lies. So that book was about the consequences of important presidential lies. Uh-huh. Um, and that's a, that's a longer book than uh, the more recent one lying in state, which came out, which I wrote, I began that in January two. 2017 because Donald Trump had been elected president uh, to my shock and uh, horror and um, and I I live in New York I've lived in New York for many decades and I know all about Donald Trump and I had followed the campaign pretty closely and I knew that he lied more often than he told the truth that he just had no respect whatsoever for the truth mm-hmm. and I thought well what what how can I account for myself in this period where the country's democracy is likely to be threatened by this man and, and right. his government. And I right. thought, well, if there's one thing I know a lot about, it's presidential lying. So I wrote a second book. And the book, that the one that you mentioned, Lying in State, that's a history of presidential lying, beginning with George Washington and going through all the presidents, a couple of them that didn't lie, um, all the way through uh, Trump, who takes up about a quarter of the book because he's, he's told so many more lies than anyone else. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, that's what I've been focusing on is both the, lo- the, the reasons that the president chose to lie and the consequences of those lies and trying to draw lessons from yeah. those examples. 
Yeah. You know, if there's if there's nothing more than I think I learned one thing over the last, let's say, six or seven years, particularly uh, starting in 2017. I mean, I'd heard this before and I'd heard people say this, but um, it really resonated with me um, when people would say things like it's not what it is, is what you say it is. And and so I'd like to get you to respond to that in in you know the the sense of you know people who have been both presidents and in leadership roles, but that um, that there are things that have been said that almost like people know that they're not true, but because they've been said and said often enough that they become true what like wh- what is that really about is that the, kind of the psychology of human well, beings um, i think we have to recognize the fact that most people lie quite a lot that mm-hmm. it's a perfectly normal thing to do um people tell men lie a bit more uh, more than a bit men lie more than women uh and men lie usually to bolster themselves and women lie usually to um, solve people's feelings, mm-hmm. but um, telling telling like a lie a day, one lie a day, that's not very much. That's about most men tell more lies than one a day, and women tell, I guess, a lie about every other day. According to the research that we have, I have to say that the research we have is not great because people don't admit to lying; they lie about lying. <laughs> they lie about questions. lying. Yeah, um, but you see, when a powerful person lies and and, you know, there's nobody more powerful than a president. When a powerful person lies, it creates its own reality because people have to react to that lie. That's what my first book is about, that, that uh, when, when presidents lied about war and peace, they actually created more war because people reacted to the lie, and then the president couldn't admit that he was lying, so he had to react to the reaction, and this went on and on until you had uh, hundreds of thousands of people dying as a result. Mm-hmm. So, um, so lying itself, you know, I don't actually, I don't condemn lying per se. Uh, you know, there's, there can be very good reasons to lie. I'm sure we all know and can think of examples. But when a president tells a lie, or I guess it's true of any important, powerful person, um, that lie is going to have consequences uh, beyond that person's own life because that mm-hmm. lie becomes an act uh, yeah. and people react to it. And um, and then the person gets caught up in a web of lies because they don't want to admit to being a liar. Mm-hmm. That's something bad. But, uh, you know, I found, I read at least one biography and for many presidents, many more biographies of each one. And none of the biographers, with very few exceptions, cared about presidential lies. They, 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 didn't, they, didn't, they didn't point out when the president was lying. Mm-hmm. That wasn't interesting to the historians. Um, and I've found that in most cases, presidents only get in trouble for lying when the, lie, when the policy that they're lying about goes south, when it doesn't work. If, okay. if the president lied to the country and everything's hunky-dory, it turns out, then nobody really cares. People, people consider, and, and I suppose this is probably true of other forms of leaders, leaders. I don't know for sure. I haven't looked into it. But people consider lying to be a natural part of the job. They don't really mind it. They only mind it if they get angry about the result, and then they say, oh, he lied to us. Vietnam, 
uh, Lyndon Johnson's Lies by Vietnam only became a problem once it was clear we were losing the war in Vietnam. In the beginning, everybody was totally cool with him. Yeah, but so so it's really an interesting point you make about people are okay with it until it goes south. Um, and so I guess that falls into the is just human nature category for us as well. On the so it's natural to lie. So I guess it's natural to believe lies. Are, so is that more self-serving? Do you find that um, that where we're talking about the general public, but you know even people in organizations, let's say it's not as widespread as as say national or international implications. But, um, you know, even in an organization where people know that um, the leader or the the head um, uh, and certainly a powerful person within the company um, lies and and if it's if it suits us, if it's something that benefits us, um, does it appear that we're inclined to believe it? So if we were to extrapolate from, you know, kind of the. The, when presidents lie to other powerful people, um, is it that we, we're just more inclined to be okay with it when it suits us? Well, we've got to dis- – the, the word lie is a complicated word, um, and we've got to distinguish between different kinds of lies. Okay. Uh, I think in the book uh, – I haven't looked at it for a while, but I think I use four different types of lying, four different categories. One is – misinformation one is disinformation one is misinformation one is excuse my language bullshit that uh-huh. i'm using it in a philosophical sense that mm-hmm. uh the professor harry frankfurter wrote a book about called on bullshit and um and the fourth form is the bald face lie and again i'm saying, using that as a philosophical term misinformation and disinformation are pretty similar uh they're both attempts to take the truth and twist it. Misinformation is deliberate, um, contrary to truth, and disinformation is similar to the truth, but just off a bit to try and, to try and shade the truth in your direction. And I consider both of those lies. Some people might disagree. Um, bullshit is when someone just says something that's complete nonsense, um, but no one cares enough to correct it. Donald Trump was always doing this. He was always saying things that were yeah. just unbelievable. But, but like you know, windmills cause cancer. You know, was one example. <laughs> I can give you dozens. I mean, then the final one, which is kind of interesting, and I probably I bet you it's quite common in large organizations, which is the bald face lie. Mm-hmm. A bald face lie is a lie that both the, the liar and the people being lied to know is a lie. Okay. So it doesn't really function as a lie because. People understand that they're being lied to, and they prefer to be lied to because they're being lied to about people who they don't like, or they're being told things that they want to hear. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It matter. It doesn't matter to them that it's not true. I think we definitely have an awful. We have many millions of people in the country right now who know they're being lied to by Trump and his minions about the uh, 2020 election, but they prefer that lie to the truth. Yeah, and, and because it, it it speaks to their values or their resentments or their particular situation in life or their or their racial prejudices, and um, and 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 so they they embrace the lie knowing that it's a lie. Right. 
Right. So since you've studied this from a historical perspective, how did we get here? Um, because, see, to me, because everyone at their, you know, kind of at their fingertips has, you know, something known as Google and you can, you know, you can do searches to at least investigate what you're being told, um, it's, it seems counterintuitive. I would think that it would be harder to lie today. Um, and, and also that um, we, that it would be, if people would be discouraged from doing so, knowing that you, um, you can't get away with it like you once could uh, by making outrageous uh, claims. And so, well, you so, can, though. You can. You can absolutely get away with it because there's an entire, in, in the case of the conservatives of the United States, there's an entire media structure designed to reward you for lying. Fox sure. News is lies. It's network. People lie on behalf of these same lies. And, mm. and, and something else you have to, um, we have to bring into the conversation is the fact that so many people live inside media bubbles today, uh-huh. information bubbles, where they're not, where they have their own sources of information that are not shared by their neighbors or, or people on other sides of the country or certainly on other sides of the political divide. And so the lies that they hear are reinforced and never challenged. Sure. And I think that's, that's, that was certainly true of Trump, and I think it's been true of the Republican Party for a long time, beginning with Clinton, but it sort of went into overdrive with the presidency of Barack Obama because so many people – felt that this black man with the name that sounded like a Muslim was taking their country away from them, that, that their whole way of life and, and beliefs were, were being mocked by the fact that we had an African, literally an African-American president who, who spoke like a law professor and um, went to Harvard and so forth. And, uh, and so uh, people, rather than they needed, they needed an excuse to explain how the world had gotten away from them. So first of all, we heard that Obama was a, a secret Muslim and a socialist. Second of all, we heard that immigrants were destroying the country. And then eventually we got all the way to Trump and his crazy conspiracy theories about the election of 2020. But each, each step along, the conservatives who ran the Republican Party felt that they were benefiting from this. And, and what they ended up doing was creating a Frankenstein monster in Trump, who now is is their god, and they can't. No matter how much they want to get away from him, they can't. Right, right. And and so um, you know, which is is really scary when we when we think about um, that there are in fact millions of people who are in, as you've described, these media bubbles. Um, that um, it, it, it is. For me, it, it's frightening to think that the ball face lie um, is the one that where people accept, like, I know it's a lie, but it's better. Uh, it just seems like that's kind of a psychological pathology, you know, like there's a there's there's something real wrong with that um, from from, you know, and that's why I asked, how did we get here um, when when. Um, it seemed that it was not the case, um, and I think that may be just an assumption on my part, that maybe you can answer that, is that did we find 
is there a trajectory upward of of lies that have been told from your research with with presidents more likely to tell lies as we you know come into uh, contemporary times versus since you you went all the way back to the times of of Washington um, and I know you you did mention that some of it was that you studied consequential lies but what what is your assessment of of that kind of over time ha- have people been more uh, inclined to lie than earlier times? Well, again, Donald Trump is a special case. There's never been anybody like him so close to power. I mean, it's, there's some weird pathology going on in this country that, that this man who, I mean, if you're not part of the cult, it's very hard to understand what is right. attractive about yeah. this guy. Sure. Um, so, but before that, you, you had to have lies in order for two reasons, all through American history. One was because we were always expanding and we needed to take over other countries, uh, but or other other not necessarily countries, but other other uh, territories, and we didn't want to admit that we were an empire. So, lies were necessary for that. And second was the maintenance of white supremacy. Now, mm-hmm. white people are not superior to non-white peoples intellectually, physically, in any way. But the country was built on the fact that it was a white man's country. And, yes. you know, first we had slavery and we displaced the Native Americans and then it took forever to give um, people of color the vote. And, uh, you know, then we have issues with uh, LGBT people. And, and, and clearly, as, as everyone knows who's come into contact with any of these people who are not like them, they're, they're not superior. You know, Barack Obama was very articulate, very smart, like smarter than I am, and I'm white and he's not. Um, so, so lies needed to be told for both of these purposes, both mm. for the expansion of the country and to maintain white supremacy. Uh. And, and, and we're, still, we're still living with those legacies. And if you look at if you look at what what Trump and the Republicans are lying about, they have a lot to do with that. They have a lot to do with the fact that we're superior. And when he means we, when he says we, he means white Christian Americans mm. um, who 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 support him. And mm. uh, and that's just not true. I mean, it's 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 it's. And, and these people don't forget. We hear a lot about economic insecurity. And now, you know, in these rural, particularly in rural communities, they're losing their children or don't see any economic opportunity and they're, they're moving to cities and, and people who have lived a certain way for generations, they're seeing their way of life disappearing and they need somebody to blame. So uh, they're, they're not interested in blaming, certainly not themselves or certainly not economic forces that are beyond anyone's control. They're interested in, in blaming, um, uh, you know, their enemies mm-hmm. and finding someone and, and that, and that's what they've been provided with. So mm-hmm. again, they, they prefer these things, no question to the truth. And, and after a while, the truth never arises because it's not, it's, very, it's quite profitable for Rupert Murdoch and Fox News. They make over a billion dollars a year um, sure. lying to people. So, yeah. uh, so again, this, this whole, this whole, uh, ecosystem of lies has, has become impenetrable yeah. for yeah. uh for the truth. And and it's 
uh, people don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. And again, uh, but, but even so, I'm convinced that they that that preferred in these cases. Uh, and, and but it's it's actually a, a threat, um, regardless uh, to what your you know whether we're talking about national politics and or national security. Um, that I think as we have seen that the lies. Uh, and and making it okay for people to have their own set of facts um, is is dangerous um, because it is like I said it's not what it is is what you say it is and that's what people have been have been uh, working on but you know again one of the things and and thank you for that taxonomy of of the the categories of lies misinformation disinformation bullshit and bald-faced lies you know i again counterintuitive i would think that as one engaged in more bullshit it would take away their credibility but what we're talking about here is that and and this is the part that is both troubling and confusing for me is that it doesn't appear to matter anymore. And, and so what's your assessment of where we are about when people lie? I mean, I get all the reasons, um, you know, and, and it makes sense what you said, why leaders lie. Um, but um, what, what is it, um, you know, in terms of the consequences now uh, for us, um, where you know where now we are at a place where um it's it just seems near impossible to pull it back into there even if you lie you know that there is a reality there are people that are living outside of reality and it just seems like and i could be wrong i mean maybe it's just been that way all along and it's just more um uh palatable now but it is it it just seems as though um it is it's out of control where people can just say whatever. And, you know, we got people who, as you know, that's been in the news uh, where they would say that children who were a part of a, a school shooting never existed and, um, and, and had people believing that um, when, when it wasn't, I mean, it's just, it just wasn't true. And people knew that, but it's like they wanted to believe it. So what are the what are the consequences for us now being that and I'm not talking about just in national politics just across the board. Well, I think talking about national politics is plenty here. I I think we're genuinely in danger for the first time and uh and I used to think people who talk this way were alarmist and and yeah. Had, yeah. had their own problems but uh of a fascist takeover of the United States. Yeah. Um I think I think the Republican Party is led by a fascist cult, and uh, it's 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 not a Nazi cult, although there are some Nazis in it. Um, it's a homegrown form of fascism. But Hannah Arendt, the uh, German-born philosopher who emigrated here after or during the Holocaust, she used to talk about how the purpose of lying by leaders uh, in her book uh, The Origins of Totalitarianism. The purpose of lying is not to get people to believe you, but to get people to decide that nothing matters, that everyone's lying, that no one's telling the truth. And then when people become inured to the idea of truth, you can get them to do anything. And that's one of our explanations for how the Holocaust happened. Now, I I don't think we're going to 
start sending Jews and gypsies and homosexuals into concentration camps. But I do think that an awful lot of people have decided that democracy is not worth the trouble and that they would much rather have their prejudices confirmed rather yeah. than face up to the problems that democracy necessarily uh, allows, particularly in multiracial, multiethnic, uh, gender-fluid democracy like we have in places like New York and on the coast and so forth. And, um, and so, therefore, uh, they've chosen this other route, and I think it threatens – it's an internal threat to this country that it's easily the worst threat we face since the Civil War and, and sure, maybe sure. before that. Yeah. So on that on that uh, on that optimistic note, I think we should uh, wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, thank you so much. And uh, so, can you tell us um, how people might reach you? What are your your um, uh, social media, email, or what? Yeah, have I'm you? I'm on I'm on Twitter and fa- I've got an open page on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. Um, Eric underscore Alterman, I think it's Twitter and. I'm on Facebook, and if you um, go to the American Prospect and uh, magazine and look for my name, you can actually sign up, and they'll send you the newsletter I write every Friday for free uh, if you're interested in more. Excellent. Thank you. uh, Yeah. Yeah, well, I really appreciate it, and um, thank you. You've added to me, and I'm sure people eavesdropping in appreciate everything you've done, and so go well, stay well. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.